Welcome to First Presbyterian Church of Evanston. This Sunday sermon was given by guest speaker, Reverend Amanda Goldbeck. If you'd like more information about First Presbyterian Church of Evanston, please visit firstpresevanston.org. Our scripture reading today is from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 24, verses 13 through 35. It's on page 85 of the New Testament section of our Pew Bibles and also on the screen. Please join me in a prayer for illumination. Gracious God, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. Jesus' disciples who remained in Jerusalem after his crucifixion learned on the third day that he had risen from the dead. This is Luke 24, verse 13. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are you discussing with each other while you walk along? And they stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? He asked them, What things? They replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth who was a prophet, mighty indeed in word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some of our women, some of the women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning. And when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he had been made known to them 
in the breaking of the bread. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Holy God, come to us in this time. May your spirit move in us that the words that are spoken, that the thoughts of our hearts as we reflect on your word might move in us and change us and send us out anew. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. To begin, I want you to take out your bulletin and flip it over and look at the cover, the front. If you're online, I know you can access a PDF. Each Sunday throughout the year, we include the date on the bulletin. Not a surprise, I'm sure. But it's not just the calendar date, but the date of the liturgical calendar or the church calendar. You'll see it there under the calendar date. I will say this hasn't come without some debate among the staff. For those that aren't familiar with the liturgical calendar, there is some curiosity to whether it actually matters if we include this detail in the bulletin. There is, as, all, as with all details included in the bulletin, the question of whether anyone actually notices it or not. I argue that it is important because it is a reminder that the ordering of the world out there and the sacred ordering of this place and space cannot be separated and are wonderful conversation partners if we are willing to let them into the same room together. What is important to note in light of our scripture today is the liturgical date that is listed on the front. Today, we enter in to the third Sunday of Easter. The third Sunday of Easter. For some, that might be a surprise, right? We celebrated Easter two weeks ago. While all the secular calendars contain Easter to a single Sunday that we did celebrate a few weeks ago, in our sacred rhythms, Easter stretches on beyond a single Sunday to an entire season that lasts 50 days. And ultimately, Easter is what we come and proclaim each and every time that we enter this space to worship. While the season lasts 50 days, it is hard to retain that same level of revelry beyond Easter Sunday. Even our beloved lilies look a little less bright and cheerful than they did two weeks on. It's interesting that typically the Sunday after an Easter is known in the church circles as Low Sunday. We may have staved that off for an extra week, I wonder. Attendance is often a little leaner than on Easter Sunday, and worship and church activities can sometimes be a bit simpler, as everyone catches their breath post-resurrection. There's also a sense that proclaiming such a profound, life-altering, world-altering truth leaves us all a little dazed. It's like most big moments in life, be they joyful or sorrowful. There is always that next moment 
the time after, where everything has changed and yet nothing has changed and it's disorienting and confusing and hard to know what we feel or what we should do. The first day of marriage, the day after graduation, the day you bring your child home for the first time, the day you get the job you always wanted, the day the divorce is final, the day you get the rejection email from the school or job you thought you were guaranteed, the day after your girlfriend or boyfriend breaks up with you, the day after the doctor gives you the difficult diagnosis, the day after a loved one dies, the day after giving your life to Christ. Our scripture is even closer to the altering events of the resurrection. We meet these travelers on the road the very same day that the women went to the tomb at dawn to find it empty. They haven't even had 24 hours to wrestle with the news that Jesus is resurrected. We don't know why they are heading to Emmaus out of Jerusalem. Maybe they are afraid or simply walking back towards home. What we do know is that they are disappointed, they're grieving and grappling with how to move forward. When the unknown Jesus approaches Cleopas and his companion, the travelers have such a distinctly real and relatable response to Jesus's question. Jesus asks, what are you discussing with each other while you walk along? Jesus's question is jarring enough to stop them in their tracks. It says, they stood still. Their response is perfect. Are you, are you the only stranger? Are you kidding me? Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem that doesn't know the things that have taken place there in these days? Cleopas and his companion's response feels mildly comparable to the response I occasionally receive when I ask the youth about a pop culture reference. They look at me like I must have been living in a cave to not know that whatever I am asking about is either old news or common knowledge. It is impossible for Cleopas and his companion to believe that anyone wouldn't know what had happened over the last few days. We then read that these two travelers recount to Jesus the Holy Week story, including the rumors they heard from the women that very morning who discovered that the tomb was empty. In the midst of their recounting to Jesus, they include a remark that is significant. They tell Jesus, but we had hoped. They are trying to put the pieces of everything they have witnessed in Holy Week and everything they heard from the women at the tomb. They're trying to put all those pieces together and they just can't make it work. What they imagined resurrection and the resurrection world would be like hasn't happened. And so they stand next to Jesus, oblivious and sad and disappointed and unsure what the future holds. Jesus goes on to lecture them on how foolish they are being, which I have to say is a little humorous. They don't know who this is Jesus, this complete stranger. This complete stranger has the audacity to start lecturing them and gives them a mini Bible study as they're just walking along. 
Then just when Jesus could have gone his, on his way, and it appears he intended to, Cleopas and his companion invite him in to share a meal. There, in that moment, Cleopas and his companion, all of us entering into the words of scripture are transported through time, back to Monday, Thursday, and back to the Last Supper, through communing, through the inter interdependent act of hospitality, Jesus is revealed. Suddenly, the pieces of the resurrection, what it means to live life in the days after, begin to feel a little more tangible for Cleopas and his companion, possibly even for us. This is one of my favorite pieces of scripture. It feels so very real to me. It speaks to the depth of what it is to be on the journey of faith and seek to be resurrection people. Often when I have listened to people tell the stories of, the, of their faith, the stories of the moments that brought them to faith, they are stories of wrestling, of wondering what comes after and of Jesus becoming real and revealed to them through a meal, a bottle of water, an act of hospitality, an encounter of love. This is the story of what it means to believe, to have faith, to follow Jesus, to be resurrection people. It ultimately is the story of the church. At its core, this story points us to the reality that the walk of faith being resurrection people is about living in transition, somewhere between the revealed kingdom of God witnessed in scripture and in the midst of the ever revealing kingdom of God that is breaking into our world each and every day. It is about living in transition from the resurrection of Jesus through the little resurrections of each and every day that point us towards the continuous work of Christ in the world and our lives. The scripture is about the moments of doubt and confusion that we disciples wrestle with and the way that Jesus will come beside us and point us to scripture and will show us through the hospitality of meals and fellowship that brokenness, like that illustrated in the breaking of the bread, is not the end, but is where new life takes root. This story, the story, the journey of Cleopas and his companion and their experience with the risen Christ is the reason we come here each week. Being resurrection people means living in the midst of something that is in process. It means knowing intimately death and brokenness and yet being reminded again and again that the tomb was empty and the kingdom is dawning and the way we experience that is through coming to be with one another, through hearing the old, old stories of faith, through confessing our doubts and confusion and through gathering around the table and being sent out like Cleopas and his companion with our hearts burning that we would proclaim the truth of the risen Christ to all we meet. The church at its best is a place where we can affirm the journey and experience of Cleopas and his companion on the road to Emmaus. It's a place where we share in each other's grief and loss and listen during the times where the only words we have to speak are, we had hoped. 
The church is a place where we point each other back to scripture time and time again when we begin to feel unsure if Christ is still journeying beside us. It is a place where we share in meals and fellowship and seek glimpses of Christ embodied in our brothers and sisters. It is a place where we proclaim through our prayers and praises, our words and deeds, the life-altering truth of Jesus's resurrection, journeying with each other as we seek to name the ways Christ is walking beside us, breaking through, bringing new life. I've always been fascinated that Cleopas wasn't on his own. It wouldn't have been unreasonable for him to have been walking alone. Instead, he is with this unknown companion. It takes two disciples sharing and talking and walking and wrestling. They need to confirm with each other if what they have felt and seen and experienced is truly the risen Christ. Being resurrection people is not easy. It is hard holding on to the truth of Easter as the days move forward. It is hard to be confident that Jesus is in fact here, here at First Pres and here in Evanston and here in our neighborhoods and in our streets and our schools, at work with us or at the gym with us or in the school cafeteria with us or next to us in our living room which is why we are called to walk the road of faith with Christ on one side and the companions of our church community on the other. As we continue on in this Easter season, the good news is that we don't walk this road alone. I challenge us to follow in the footsteps of Cleopas and his companion in two specific ways. Be open to the stranger in your midst. Invite them in to your small group, or to the agape meal, or Sunday school, or fellowship time. Invite them to church, or to youth group. Invite them to join you for a cup of coffee and just listen to their story. Don't expect someone else to do it. To ignore them means risking missing Jesus altogether. And on the other side of that, if you are new, or if you're feeling disconnected, be open to receiving that invitation. Say yes, don't just walk on by. Embrace the opportunity to experience the community of Christ and have your heart ignited or reignited through the power of the Holy Spirit. Blessings to each of us as we continue on our Easter journey. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.